Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Conley trying to get it to Clarkson right now. They alter his route, so it ends up into a pick and roll with Conley and Gobert. Step back, hops into a three and hit it. Okay, that's incredible. Bogey to the front court, stutter steps, leaves it behind for Donovan. Catch and shoot three, perfect. Donovan prancing into the middle lane. A little ballet step for two and up and in. Donovan's got himself 27. Utah Jazz trying to extend the little win streak they built up there at the end of the Road trip, won three in a row for the first time this season. Can they make it four in a row at home tonight against an Atlanta Hawk team that is five and five but has struggled lately? They just beat the Sixers to snap a four-game losing streak. So they've lost four of their last five as they come in to play the Jazz tonight, seven o'clock. Joe Ingles out, right Achilles soreness. Derek Favors listed as probable right knee soreness. You got any thoughts on tonight's game? Anything you want to share with the people? <laughs> I love the people. Uh, well, I think that, you know, it's an opportunity to get a victory. It is an opportunity to get a victory and one that they uh, should not give away. This, is, uh, this has been the problem. Not the record against teams with winning records. It's their record against teams uh, with losing records. And I realize the Hawks are right at 500. But for my purposes, non-winning teams. I'm lumping them with the teams with losing records. Uh, one thing I have heard about favors in this uh, constant um, listing on the injury report with that right knee soreness, whatever is going on in there is chronic and is going back to when he was here the first time. And one of the reasons he was willing to take a backup role, less minutes, less money, because I really thought he could get more, uh, was knowing that it wasn't best for his knee to be playing 30 or 35 minutes a night. And at this... Uh, Knee, he could be on the he could be on the injury report and on and off all year long. That this is just something we're just going to see all the time. It's it's the way it is. So maybe playing uh, the fifteen to twenty minutes behind Rudy will, uh, will prolong his career and, and help him battle that knee. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. NBA action last night. The Pacers beat the Blazers 111-87, to but the story of the game, Nurkic getting hurt again. Out with the broken leg last year. Now it's his wrist. PK, this is a huge, huge negative for the Blazers. Yeah, you, you seem to think Nurkic is a lot better than I think he is. I mean, obviously it's a negative, but I don't know that he's a big difference maker. I think he's their third guy, and I think he's the only guy who's got some size. So, granted, if you list all the guys, you know, on talent, is he that much better than everybody else? No. I think it's what he is versus who else they can plug in. And, you know, not following him every day. Maybe this year they got some backup who's on his way up, who just needs a chance and who's going to grow and blossom. But, man, when he went down last year, they didn't have anybody. Well, they didn't have Cantor. Uh, they've got Cantor this year. Uh, Zach Collins is perpetually injured. I like the kid out of Vegas who went to Gonzaga, but he just can't seem to get healthy. Uh, Gary Trent, got a, 
is a guy off the bench. Uh, Giles is another guy. But, uh, yeah, they don't really have anybody. I, I understand that. I agree with you there. I just don't think that he's a big difference maker. You know, a couple of years ago, they were in the conference final, and they were on the easier side of the bracket and all of that. We don't have to relitigate and rehash all of that. But they didn't come anywhere near that without him last year, and I suspect looking around the West that without him, they're not going to come anywhere near it this year. We'll see. Rockets, they make the big trade. All the pieces aren't in place yet. They're incredibly shorthanded. But, man, those guys were just happy to be playing basketball with less drama, PK. Shorthanded Rockets, Noel Depot. No Gordon. They win anyway. They beat the Spurs 109-105. Yeah, I think a lot of it is what you just said there about the no drama. Yeah. And so you can go out and just play ball and, and not have to worry about one big negative, who obviously was just, just the, the proverbial dark cloud was just about as big a cloud as you're going to ever find. Um, you, you know, that, that was just an awful situation, obviously. And they got rid of it. And they go out and get a victory. Christian Wood looking good and... Well, the guy's looking good, and away they go. At the very least, they should be better because they can concentrate on playing ball. I also forgot to mention John Wall was out also. It was uh, Oladipo, uh, Gordon Wall. Wow. 27 points for Christian Wood, 15 boards. Big game there. And speaking of big games, the Jazz are going to see the Nuggets. And Jokic has 23 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. He has a triple-double. Nuggets beat the Warriors 114-104. Never really blew them out, PK, but flipping back in commercial breaks uh, during the BYU game, it just seemed like they were always in control of that game. Never never overwhelming them, but never really letting them, letting them in there at the end of the game either. That's what you saw when you flipped back from commercial breaks? Yes. Okay. Sixers blow out the Heat. The Heat were uh, shorthanded. They were missing most of their big names. Uh, they didn't have Jimmy Butler. They didn't have Adebayo, so easy win for the Sixers there. Brooklyn Nets GM Sean Marks meeting with reporters telling them that uh, Durant and Irving have conviction about the direction of the franchise with the addition of James Harden. Committed to gelling together and making on-court sacrifices to make things work. Aren't we in the we'll believe it when we see it mode? Oh, yeah. I mean, what's he going to come out and say? I mean, this really has no chance to work. We just <laughs> thought we'd give it a shot. Uh, and maybe if things go, everybody comes together and Kyrie stops acting like, you know what, maybe we maybe we can just hit lightning in a bottle. You know, it was worth a shot, but I'm not expecting much. Next question. <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. The Utes, 79 points, PK, with the Utes, the Cougars, and the Aggies all on TV and all the games spread out so you can watch them all. I don't know who I thought was going to score 79 points, but I didn't think it was the Utes. They had a nine-point halftime lead instead of 10, but they came out, kept taking the ball to the hoop, got some layups, got to the line, and held off Stanford and won that game, 79-65. After what they've been going through, that had to feel pretty good. Well, I was flicking back and forth between them and Dr. Phil. You were not. And... (laughs) Dr. Phil of all of them. <laughs> he, I could have gone Ellen. You know, he had options. Yeah, Ellen would have been a good one, too. I could have gone Ellen. Uh, uh, yeah, it was the best game the Utes have played all season. I was a little nervous there, thinking, oh, please not 10. Please not 10. <laughs> uh, and it was just nine. Uh, There's a couple things there. Uh, I thought Stanford, geez, I've, I've seen Stanford play a few times this season. They just looked absolutely awful. 
I mean, De Silva just running over people, getting three offensive fouls. They were loose with the ball. Missed, Didn't seem like they had much throws. of a di- much direction. Well, yeah, they shot 73%. And they shot. They missed eight, I think it was. Uh, and defensively, I thought they were losing guys left and right. But this is what Larry was talking about. This is what the team's capable of doing. And they played really, really well. They played consistent, played consistent ball. They didn't shoot the three very well. I think only four of 17. But uh, then when they, uh, Stanford went on a nine nothing, got it up to 18. Stanford went on a what, nine nothing run. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh boy, here we go. But they reestablished control and you know, Plumber game a little bit. Allen is, is a product that you can count on most games to be your leading scorer. And obviously he was. And uh, Carlson played one of his better games. It's funny because for some reason, Carlson seems to play well against Stanford. 12 and, combined blocks in three and, games. Yeah, it just makes no sense. But when they play Stanford, he comes alive for some dumb reason, some strange reason, not dumb reason, but some strange reason. And this is what they were capable of, and they put it together. Now, that's great. You know, it's one game. But, you know, you, sh- you should beat Cal coming up, and Cal's yep. not a very good. No. Terrible. So... I wanted him to go four zero on this home stand. Uh, the best they can do is go two and two, but at least for a game, it showed what they can do. Well, Larry was talking about the effort and the energy on defense, and the offense has got to come around. And you know, they gave up sixty five points and they won. They gave up sixty five to Colorado and they lost. They gave up sixty four to USC and they lost. This is all about the offensive end of the floor, and and finally getting that untracked. Cal's one and six in the Pac twelve, so. Right. An excellent chance to put together back-to-back wins before they go on the road. And when they go on the road, they get to play Washington, who's 0-6 in the Pac-12. So. Oh, Washington stinks, yeah. Right, so the there's team. two of the next three games are against terrible teams. Uh, they, they, could, they could get above 500, depending on what they do at Washington State. But Cal on Saturday, first things uh, first. That's tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ESPNU. Then the, uh, then the Aggies played San Diego State, and you used the phrase grinded out game. Well, that fit perfectly on this one. Boy, baskets were so hard to come by. But Utah State, with the exception of about mm, four or five minutes of the start of the, first, of the second half, they had San Diego State completely locked down. And their defense wasn't terrible in those four or five minutes, but it just kind of looked like a normal college basketball game for four or five minutes. And then the Aggie, the Aggie defense just overwhelmed San Diego State again. Yeah, I didn't use the phrase we'll grind out. You did, but uh, yeah, take it any way you can get it there. And uh, Kata was the best player out on the floor. I don't think that was any big surprise. He did what he needed to do. Brock Miller made some shots, and the uh, Aztecs couldn't buy a bucket. And Great win. Anytime you go 7-0 and in conference, yeah, great opportunity for you. Rematch tomorrow at 11 a.m. You can see it on CBS. Pre-game with Scotty G on the zone at 10.30. And then he'll have the call here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And then the night wrapped up with BYU beating St. Mary's with a 17-2 run to close the game. They were down 50-45. to They gave up one bucket in the last 12 minutes and only two points in the last 10. There were a few free throws there in the 10-12 to minute mark. But BYU's defense nearly shutting St. Mary's out. They did shut him out for nine minutes. Nearly shutting him out at the end of the game there. Uh, outstanding job there to put that run together at the end of the game. I, I didn't think they were going to do it. They were, they were trailing the whole game, trading buckets. It was so hard to score, but 17-2 over 10 minutes is awesome. Well, I flicked over from CSI Miami, and what I saw there was not a very good team at St. Mary's. And BYU finally getting it together. 
I, I mean, I, to me, I had no doubt that they could do it. They just had to find a way. I think they have better talent. I thought Everett played very well down the stretch. That was so cool, that one play when he gets mm-hmm. his shot blocked, and he yeah. looked like a little dude almost uh, crawling there among the Giants, and he catches his own ball and does a little reverse layup. That, you don't see that very often, and, and that was nice. Uh, I would like to see uh, Barcelo shoot more than he did. Uh, I don't know what was going on there, but he's their best scorer, and to me, he didn't get enough FGAs. Uh, and Loner, this kid, man, he is a rebounding machine. <laughs> you really have to give it up to him. I can see why so many of these programs wanted him for just a young kid. He's got the great bod, got the great do, but you know, we heard you know he had bounce. I'd heard about him. I'd never seen him play until he got to the college level. But, man, he can really, really board. He deserves his playing time. And so... Uh, I give them credit defensively because if the other team's not scoring for 10 minutes, you certainly have to get some credit. But it seems like St. Mary's missed a ton of shots that uh, were either inside or outside. and I just didn't think they were very good, and I'm not sure they are very good this year compared to what they've been in the past. To me, there's no doubt in my mind they're not as good. But none of that matters. Uh, BYU went uh, over to Moraga and got that win that they needed to get. And they had the battle from behind. They should have a lot of confidence after getting smoked by Gonzaga. But pretty much every team is probably going to get smoked by Gonzaga in the WCC. I don't think there's any question about that. Took Gonzaga a little bit to go last night. But when they got going, they just ran away uh, and hid and won easily. So they're the class, obviously. But for the Cougars, it was a nice win. Southern Utah's nine-game win streak is over. They lost at Eastern Washington, 75-63. Dixie State's playing UT Rio Grande Valley. UVU's facing Seattle in WAC play tonight. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. He's a lot younger than me. I mean, he's mm-hmm. 18 months younger. Well, 18 months ago, I felt pretty good. So I've got a little uh, advanced age on him and experience. But um, I'm hanging in there. He's had a terrific year. I've known him for a long time. Um, always had a great amount of respect for him and think so much of him as a person, as a player. And I think there's just a lot of mutual respect. Tom Brady on his matchup with Drew Brees, 40-year-old quarterbacks meeting up. And I think the stat in this game is that Tampa Bay is 1-5 in five in a regular season as playoff teams, 10-0 and 0 against teams that miss the playoffs. Now, they beat a playoff team in Washington last week, but obviously that's a team that was 7-9 and nine, that was on their third quarterback. So I don't want to give them too much credit for that. I, I'm assuming New Orleans is going to beat them a third time, PK. Uh, I can see why you would say that, but the word assume, in my mind, it conjures up that it's pretty much a given and it's going to be easy to do. And I'm not sure I can go that far. And maybe I'm just reading too much into the word assume. And that's on me. And it's not the way you mean it. But that's the way I take it when I hear assume. Like it's almost to the point of inevitable that it's going to happen. And I'm not sure I see that. I think I give the Bucks more credit. Not necessarily saying that that's the way you mean it. It's just the way I take it. Well, I will say that uh, you got to be careful with assumptions in football. Because we have seen any time. If you go out and turn the ball over, you can get beat. And you could, there could be a much bigger talent gap than there is, than I perceive there to be between these two teams. You go out and turn it over three times, that talent gap doesn't matter. You lose the game. So maybe assume is not the perfect word there. I will say this, that as far as turnovers in the two matchups between these teams, when the Saints won them both, 
Uh, they won the the at the first game of the year, and the rematch later, when you would think the Bucks with all these new pieces would be gelling, the Bucks got just drilled. It was thirty eight to three. The Saints crushed them in yeah. Tampa Bay, but the turnovers in those two games combined in the two games, the Saints only had two turnovers, and the Bucks had six. So it really is the Bucks have got to flip those turnover numbers if they're going to have a chance. I will say that if I'm going to use the word assume, it, it, you know how they do the the. I've, I've never done them, but I've seen people do the, the confidence points picks. You, you pick the games, but there's points assigned to each one based on how confident you are. So with four games, the game that you think is the closest and the hardest to pick, you just make it a one-point game. The game you're sure of, you make a four-point game. I think this weekend I would make it the three-point game. I think the four-point game is the Rams and Packers. The Rams aren't the Rams if the Rams don't have their pass rush. And Donald looked hurt against Seattle. Now, they always hide this stuff, and we never know. But when I see a guy, you know, the core is everything, right? When I see a guy grabbing his, whether his ribs, abdominal, whatever it is they're hiding or lying hey, he says us, he's good this week. Come I know. On. And, you know, and if he is, then they've got a shot. I don't believe it. He admitted he's sore, though. You don't have a pass rush. If you don't have a great pass rush, you're not, you're not bothering Aaron Rodgers. He's having an awesome year. So I think I'd probably give the Packers four and then give the Saints three. The Chiefs are playing a hot, unpredictable team in the Browns. And the Chiefs haven't been blowing people out. They've played a lot of close games in the second half of the season, a lot of one-score one games, so one mistake can get you beat. And then the Ravens, Ravens-Bills almost feels like a toss-up to me. So I'll, I, that's the one-point game. I think the team most likely to win on the road this week is the Ravens in my mind. Okay. Jaguars officially hired Urban Meyer. We thought it was going to happen yesterday. We're waiting for the essentially the time of the press conference. And so now it's done and Urban's talking. I've analyzed this decision from every angle. The time is right in Jacksonville. And the time is right for me to return to coaching. I'm excited about the future of this organization and our long-term prospect for success. I thought that was the most interesting part of that. Because Urban in college always picked jobs where there was talent. And so you could win quickly... And usually his first year was a major improvement, and then his second year was awesome. <laughs> that, that was the way it usually worked. And in Jacksonville, they need more players. He's got they need eight, more he's talent. Got $80 million to work with. So is it long-term? I wonder his definition of long-term, how long he gives himself before he drives himself nuts. Well, I think that for the NFL, for, and combined with Urban, five years is long-term. I don't know that you can go beyond that. And the thing about the NFL, though, I don't know that most of the positions that you step into are going to be ready-made to win. Right. I don't normally see that. I think college is a different situation mm-hmm. uh, because you go – we've seen in college if you can win eight games, they'll fire you, you know, if you're coming from a legendary program. Uh, in the NFL, eight games while well, you're playing, what, four more? So that would be like, you know, nine or ten basically if you move if you bump it up on on the ratio and normally coaches winning nine ten games they're not getting canned it's these programs that we see it in the nfl you've got a few really good teams and then you've got the bulk of everybody else and then you got a few real crappy teams and those teams that are real crappy seem to change coaches all the time and so that's the situation that you have there so i I don't think he was going to step into a ready-made deal, and I think you know that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's 
analyze this thing. I don't think he just walks in. Yeah, I want to get back into coaching and I want to try the NFL. Jacksonville? Oh, okay. No, I, I mean, I don't think it's to that point. I think that when he's done all this stuff that he says, that's exactly what he's done. This guy's a great talent evaluator, too. I mean, I, I think the world of him. I mean, obviously, I think he's a win, virtually win at all cost guy. He's had baggage. But, uh, you know, colleges barely care about baggage anymore. Forget about the NFL. It's, it, can you win? You know, just win. And I think that's what you're going to see. And I, I do believe it's going to take some time. I don't expect an overnight success off a 2-14 and 14 team. But at the same time, if anybody could do it, it'd be Urban. I mean, if they get to, what, seven wins next season, you'd have to consider that a success after having won only two games. I assume you're going to take Trevor Lawrence. You're going to have a rookie quarterback, too. And there's no reason not to put him right into the mix. So I would think that that would happen also. Jacksonville's coming off a 1-15 season. Can they improve that by 4-5? Wow, 7. That'd be a 6-win improvement. And you That's would, right. You would sign off on that right now. It was the Jets who won two games. I just yes. gave the Jacksonville gave, one more win than they had. You gave yeah. them a bonus victory. I thought they were both 2-14, and 14, but you're right. Jacksonville only had one win. Yeah. And it was the opener, so they're carrying a 15-game losing streak. They beat the Colts week one. That's and then, amazing. nothing. Yeah. And really didn't come... Close very often, and they had a couple of them in there. <clears throat> That's like a friend of mine, uh, high school baseball. First AB, he goes deep, and that was the only hit he had the whole season. <laughs> oh, jeez. Closed his eyes and swung, got the results, and was done, huh? <laughs> well, looking back, I don't know how he did it, but you're one for one with uh, uh, a long ball. You're thinking, wow, this is this going to be my season. Nope, that was it. Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Falcons, there are reports that they've offered their head coaching position to the Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator, Arthur Smith. He's been at Tennessee the past two years. And how's it going for Tennessee the past two years, PK? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I just don't know about any of these hires. I don't know good or bad. And that's gonna, I'm going to stick with my philosophy, even though I pumped up Urban. But the rest of them, the Niners hired this, uh, or the uh, Jets hired this Niners guy. Yep. Salah. He got, he got interview requests from six or seven teams, and he took the Jets gig. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Well, I don't know if I feel pressure. The reality of it is when you take this job, our job is to win championships. Our job is to year in and year out be in the conversation of the college football playoff. And I can't I can't have my head in the sand and not recognize that. Now, we've got a lot of work to do. I don't necessarily feel the pressure because I recognize what the job is. That's Steve Sarkeesian. Does he feel pressure at Texas? He ought to. <laughs> to me, I find it's always interesting when you bring up the word pressure. People assume pressure and they go to the choke card. Yes. Like, you can't handle the pressure. The fact is, absolutely he has pressure. I think Donovan Mitchell was talking about pressure the other day in one of his Zoom meetings, and we played some of it. I have no problem acknowledging that all these guys are under pressure. Yes, they are. I don't see why you run from it. Embrace it. And those are the ones who realize this is a pressure situation, but this is exactly what I want. Because if you have a pressure situation, that means the expectations are very high. 
And that's what you want. You you don't want to run from them because you can run from them all you want, but everybody else around you, the fans and the media and the boosters and all that stuff and the administrators, they're not running from it because they recognize it. Now, I don't think Sarkeesian was necessarily running from it, but I always find it funny to me to a degree when you bring up pressure with these folks, they try to deny it. Pressure means there's opportunity, and when you give somebody a few million bucks, whether it's a college football coach or an NBA player or whoever, Urban Meyer, NFL coach, when you give someone a couple million bucks, there's an opportunity. Get me to that opportunity, well, then there's pressure. And I guess what they're saying is it's not any different or anything unusual. There's no way you can be a head coach at a program like Texas and not have pressure because there's opportunity, they're giving you a gazillion dollars, and they expect you to get them to that opportunity. So if you don't want the pressure, well, don't be a college football coach. Well, uh, really, but don't be anything, though. Yeah. Everybody feels pressure. You know my, you know where my wife works, and she would tell me she sees these guys, she's known them for a number of years, and they're playing fill-in-the-blank school. Oh, man, on Monday, you know, we really got to bear down this week. And she's thinking, What? You're going to be up by 30 at halftime. But you know know what I'm saying? They all put that on them, which is fine. As long as you don't let it devour you, you're good to go. Alabama had four underclassmen declare for the NFL draft. Mac Jones, the quarterback. Wide receiver Jalen Waddell. Christian Barmore on the D-line. Patrick Sertain at quarterback. At cornerback, Devontae Smith, Najee Harris. Also possible first-rounders. Four, five, or six. Place your bets, people. How many first-rounders will the Crimson Tide have? Out of those dudes, I would think every one of them. PK takes the number six. That's what the projections are. All six go in the first round. Six out of 32. Wow. No wonder they're undefeated. (laughs) You want to win it all? How do you get six NFL first-rounders? What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up, Lincoln Kennedy, Raider radio analyst, Pac-12 network analyst. He'll join us at 8 o'clock. David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, coming up at 8.30. Stay with us.